It's time for the Fantasy Points Podcast, brought to you by FantasyPoints.com. Top-level fantasy football and NFL betting analysis from every perspective and angle, from numbers to the film room, with a single goal to help you score more fantasy points. Welcome into another episode of On the Clock. I am your host, Brett Whitefield, and today we have the guest of all guests, as you know, we've had a pretty star-studded guest lineup so far on this podcast, but today we are joined by the guru himself, my boss, Mr. John Hansen. Welcome to the show, sir. Brett, what's up? Great to be here. This is actually the first time you and I have done a pod, but we have hung out uh, at the Senior Bowl, for example, the uh, Canton, Ohio thing, or maybe that was the FSGA thing, yeah, in Detroit. So um, it didn't take me long, by the way, to get a good feel for you. I'm like, wow, this guy may not be like a fantasy guy per se, but you are you you sweat football. Um, and it's just so obvious. And I've been on this for 20 years. Like I'm not really a stat nerd. I was a C math student. So I started out as a football fan. So I always gravitate toward the football end of things. Um, so that's why I, I love what you're doing with us here at fantasypoints.com. Awesome. Thanks for the, for the kind words, John, I've been eager to have you on the pod because, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here grinding the tape. I've watched over 200 prospects now. I do this every year. And the harsh reality of scouting football players, John, is like I can't get into their brains. For a lot of guys, the what makes or break them at the NFL level isn't necessarily skills, right? It's yeah. what's going on between the years. It's their mental makeup. It's their discipline. It's their work ethic. Things that are really, really hard to quantify, especially for me as a, with a data background, it's like, like I like I have honestly no idea sometimes and you have had a tremendous track record of pegging guys that have that mental makeup to succeed in the NFL. So I just kind of want to talk to you a little bit about it. Pick your brain. Hear some cool stories from you. Um, how do you how do you get guys to pass the vibe check, so to speak? Yeah, well, first, let me start by saying I'll go to the combine already equipped with information on these guys so i'm not like basing all my opinion on oh this guy was an a-hole you know so it's it's a little bit of the final piece of the puzzle and you know that's my strength really is you know reading people and making evaluations on you know my interactions with people i'll give you an example brett i am a 54 year old man i have had one girlfriend in my entire life i started dating a girl in when i was literally just turned 18. I, you know, dated girls in high school, but nothing, no relationship, no going steady or nothing. And, you know, I met a girl and, you know, I added up all the information, you know, I ran my algorithm in my head. I'm like, this, this is it, you know, never going to top it. And guess what? 36 years later, haven't topped it. Uh, great wife, mother of four, She's better looking than Jennifer Aniston right now at 52 years old. So I think that's a pretty good example here. And I've been saying this with my guy, Adam Kaplan, for a long time. And 15 years ago, he made fun of me. He would be like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm going up there and I'm, you know, interacting with these dudes, getting a vibe for the maturity, the commitment. And he's like, you're crazy. You don't know what the hell you're doing. And then fast forward 10, 15 later, years later, oh, oh, guess what? NFL teams are doing the exact same thing, you know, studying body language and things like that. So, I mean, I'll give you, I mean, I can go all over the place here and give you all kinds of examples. But 
give you one example. Uh, 2005, my first combine, I'm actually very good friends with a relative of Ryan Fitzpatrick. So I go there to the combine and, you know, Aaron Rodgers is at the podium and Alex Smith and here's poor old Fitz. He's got crickets. You know what I mean? Like no one's there. He's a quarterback from Harvard. So I went and talked to him. I'm like, oh my God, it's like talking to a 38 year old man. I, I felt like he was more mature than I was. He was incredibly intelligent, old soul type of guy. And I'm like, obviously smart. He went to Harvard. And I'm like, this guy's pretty good. You know, and then he came out for the Rams that year and initially did really well. And obviously the rest is history, but you know, it's just a, it's just a vibe thing. I'll give you another example. You're Detroit based. Now I ended up liking this guy toward the end of his career, but I'm up there studying Eric Ebron at the podium. And I'm like, this guy, I understand these guys are confident. I mean, you don't want to suppress a guy's confidence, but there's a fine line there. You know, I just thought he was, a little arrogant, a little overly confident, didn't really feel like uh, he was putting good vibes out there and all that. And, well, I think the career kind of illustrated that. Um, So, yeah, I just try and chop it up with these guys. Last year, we were at the Senior Bowl. You and I, you were there, and I didn't know you were there, but we were there. And I watched Rashad White, and I'm like, I don't watch a ton of college football. I don't know anything about Rashad White, um, really, at this point. So I'm starting my uh, process, if you will. I'm like, yeah, this, this guy's pretty good. You know, like hands are unbelievable. Like got a little shake and bake, you know, for a bigger guy and, you know, pretty good in goal line, you know, work. So I requested an interview with him. They bring him over. I'm like, this guy is the greatest guy of all time. Like this guy worked his way through JUCO. So he's not entitled. He paid his way through junior college. So not entitled, hard worker, another old soul, great guy. You know, him and I chopped it up real well. And so he was my guy. I, I look at other analysts. They're like pre-draft. They're ranking him RB 17, 18. I'm like, I don't know. I got him at three. And boom. I mean, there's no coincidence that he was able to walk into that situation there in a veteran team with Tom Brady and do pretty damn well. He ran better than Leonard Fournette. There's no coincidence between him being an outstanding human being and him being able to do well at football right away. Yeah, that that's fantastic. I I have a similar story with Jalen Hurts. It was done. Oh, at- oh, I I not to cut you off, but I I barely interacted with him, but I stood in a little mini circle with him at that combine. And I anybody listening who heard me on the radio three years ago will back me. And I I was blown away by just what he exuded: the poise, the composure, the maturity, the leadership was incredible. I'm like. All I said was, I don't know if he's ever going to learn how to read a defense and all that good stuff, but I'll go to battle with that guy every day. Exactly. I mean, he, when I talked to him, John, I, I had some brief moments with him the year he was coming out at, down at the Senior Bowl. And I remember, you know, the the players' breakfast they do or whatever? Yeah, yeah. I was there talking with him. It, that's early in the morning. It's like 730. And in my conversation with him, he kind of lets it slip that he had just got done working out. Yeah. And I was like, Bro, it's seven thirty. What do you mean you just got done? Yep. And he's like, I was up at six o'clock. He's different. Out. He's yeah. different. And I was like, and you, you're doing this breakfast, then you're gonna do go do practice, and then you're gonna go do interviews all day. Like the guy is just wired different. Like that work ethic. So I immediately knew just from five yep. minutes conversation with Hertz. Like, yeah, I I know he's raw, but I'm betting on this guy to be successful because. 
he has the the makeup to to go after it and the do it. the it quality or the what quality or the that quality whatever the hell it is it's an intangible that you can't really wrap your head around completely but it's it's kind of there if you see it and by the way and maybe i'm getting a little lucky here but probably not you know i've been around a little while here um worst vibe ever at the combine and i said it at the time Darius Geis, how'd that go? And he was a baller, by the way, as you recall. Right. Yeah, I think he played. What was he one and done, or did he get a second I season? I think he was one and done, and then he tore his ACL. Now, I will say, it doesn't always work. Here's an example of a guy I thought was one of the most outstanding individuals I've ever interacted with, and I've had a, a million of them. Um, Amir Abdullah. But then again, here he is, freaking 10, 12 years later, still in the NFL. So there's something to it. Yeah, he's had a, you know, he's broke all the, I guess, the myths about running back, you know, li- lifespan. I mean, what, it, gosh, he's had a tremendously long career. Now, granted, he hasn't had a ton of work on his Right, body. exactly. I mean, he's never been that, that guy. He, he underwhelmed, but again, there, I think, is a correlation between what I got out of him and the fact that the guy's been able to string together like 10 consecutive years with employment in the NFL. A couple of other recent examples I love Debo Samuel. Like that was my guy that year. Michael Pittman was another great one. Again, on the negative side, and I have some good ones from this year. Um, my favorite tight end of the last maybe three, four years, and he wasn't going to be a high pick. And again, this speaks to life getting in the way. I think he had some mental health issues, perhaps, but I just thought he was a great dude, and I loved his tape. Jay Sternberger. It's not always going to work out, but I thought that kid was an absolute baller uh, at Texas A&M and a great kid and all that. But sometimes these guys are almost too nice because I remember interviewing Derek Carr and I'm like, what a great guy. I'm like, you know what? He's almost too nice. You know, sometimes you want these quarterbacks to be a-holes. Yeah, I mean, I think we're, we're seeing that a little bit with uh, Malik Willis, John. Like he he's a guy I spent some time with last year as well, and I was blown away with by him the similar way I was hurt and you know, everything you hear, there's a lot of NFL teams that just don't buy it. They're like, he's like too nice. He's too, I've heard, I've right. heard people say he's too happy. Like what? Mm. Is there such thing as too happy? <laughs> too happy. Yeah. I guess when you need to to wield some aggression to be a successful player, maybe, maybe I don't know, but um, you know, that, that's one where vibe checks passed in and it seems like he's already fallen out of favor in Tennessee just a year after he was drafted. So, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like Teddy Bridgewater being kind of too nice or like soft spoken, you know, that that did kind of play out, you know. Oh, 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 I'm I'm forgetting probably one of the best examples of all time. Me and Mike Clay. I most of these interviews I do solo, but I remember one year they they paired me with Mike Clay and Basically, the top quarterbacks and skill players come off the podium at the combine, and then they go to NFL radio, and we get a little bit of the cast off. So whatever year that was, 2018, you know, the Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, they're like, oh, Hanson, um, you'll do this Josh Allen guy, you know? And I said right after the interview, and I said it all that year, and I've repeated it once in a while just so uh, people, you know, get some context, I said, I have interviewed probably 150 players in, at this combine. I have never met a player more inclined to get it done, more motivated to prove the doubters wrong, to get to work. It was unbe- I was like, damn, dude, like you want to go out there like right now? I mean, you haven't even been drafted yet. He's like, yeah. And 
once again, that completely played out. And I think Josh Allen, the reason he was able to clean up those mechanics and really come into his own was he took to coaching because, again, he was willing to do anything, whatever, to be great. And that's why he's great. Yeah, Allen's a great one because I was I was like a noted Josh Allen hater when he was coming out, just based on tape, you know, not, not anything to do of with Of course, because the tape wasn't great. But again, right. this is the value of interacting with these guys a little bit. I got the vibe that, again, <clears throat> he'll do whatever it takes. And I thought Brian Dayball, you know, Dayball's a good coach, so I feel like he's going to take the coaching and the rest is history. Absolutely. All right, John, let's pivot to this year. I know you you spent some time talking to certain players and this class you got guys that are passing your vibe check for this year, guys that you think just based on personality alone have a better chance to be successful? Well, first we'll start a quarterback. And while I have heard some rumblings of a couple shaky interviews for Anthony Richardson, I just have a really good vibe on him, you know, and I've gotten, you know, I've been around superstar types and he's not really arrived totally, I guess. So we'll see, but I really got a good vibe from him. Uh, pretty serious guy. You know, he's very close to his mother. Another one of these dudes is like, I was at his podium. I didn't interact with him, but I observed. It's like, it's like what's this guy, 35 years old? You know, very mature. So that that would be the, the top guy. You know, Bryce Young, definitely got a good vibe from him. I just had a very brief interaction with him, but I got a special vibe. Uh, from him Stroud and again I'm looking at the tape and all that this is just Mm -hmm. in addition to the tape Stroud looks kind of like a chill guy like he he looks like a guy who's got amnesia like I don't think he'll ever get too high or too low which is pretty good Will Levis though worst vibe I've ever had for a quarterback in 30 years bar none oh wow explain this just I stood there and he was getting interviewed by NFL radio and I was, I had a moment. I'm like, eh, let me go uh, walk over. And I'm, you know, I'm, I know the guys who were interviewing. I can't remember who it was, but just the facial expressions. And he was just all over the map in the interview. Like he, he, I understand too, that these guys, it's a, it's a job interview. So they've been coached up and all that. So you got to read through that too. But I feel like Will Levis just, he's going to be himself and that's, fine but himself i i did not get a good vibe i i it's hard to articulate a little arrogant a little cocky um yeah again it's a fine line between being confident in yourself and and showing a little bit of humility uh and i found that the guys who struggle with that humility stuff uh they don't really get get it done here i i got a basically like a jay cutler vibe and I, by the way i freaking loved cutler uh, coming out because his arm was unbelievable he was so talented but you know he's a surly dude and you know it just didn't match you know with the nfl i mean he had some success but i feel like jay cutler should have done better yeah will levis uh, he, the minute i found out he put mayonnaise in his coffee he didn't pass the vibe check for me exactly oh you know what you laugh but how about the fact that he didn't go to the damn senior bowl right that's See, that's 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 a little entitlement. You know, you're coming off a bad year. Granted, the supporting cast was bad, but you're coming off a bad year, dude. Uh, go to the Senior Bowl. I mean, Justin Herbert went to the Senior Bowl. Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Kenny Pickett the year before. Yep, a lot, lot of top QBs in draft classes have been to the Senior Bowl. It's 
should not be looked at as a. By bad. the way, I loved Pickett last year, um, preseason, and you know I did interact with him a little bit. He's from about thirty miles away from where I grew up in New Jersey. And there's a big argument in New Jersey because everyone says North Jersey and South Jersey. I'm like, oh, Kenny, you're from North Jersey or South Jersey? He said Central. I'm like, well, there's a Kacharian dude right there. Okay, I got you. That doesn't exist, but I feel you, Kenny. And uh, there you go. He's got to do a little bit better with the offensive coordinator, but Kenny Pickett, uh, Jersey guy. So, you know, I'm a little bit of an apologist for Jersey guys, although I'm not an Isaiah Pacheco guy. Right on. So what about um, running backs or receivers here? Any- yeah, yeah, yeah. Real quick. Well, I love, love, love Izzy Abanacanda. I mean, that guy. Did you see his pro day, by the way, about 13 I, days ago? I did. I oh, did. my God. Are you kidding me? Um, so and I chopped it up with him. He's a Nigerian. I love these Nigerians. They are um, they're awesome. Like they're they're really intelligent and they're tough, you know, uh, and he actually grew up literally in the exact same neighborhood that I did in Brooklyn, New York, uh, until I was eight years old. Of course, uh, 35 years earlier or whatever the hell it was. But, you know, so had that in common with him. But, yeah, he was great. He was, you know, nothing in particular, but he was he was an awesome interview. And I, I do love me some Izzy. Uh, my favorite player. And again, I consider. um you know, I consider everything like where these guys are going off the board. I think I'd sent you a text. I love these, like the second tier guys, you know, mm-hmm. like Debo was kind of a second tier guy. Um, Michael Pittman, it was kind of a second tier guy. Tajay Spears is my number one favorite player. Um, he, he was a good, good interview, not necessarily because he was like, you know, charismatic or bombastic, but I just loved how, Basically, he described his game and, you know, I told him, I said, well, if I ever have you on the show, on the radio show or anything during your career, I'm not going to ask you about a run because you have no idea what the hell happened because you're just out there reacting. He's a very reactionary player. I talked with him about how I uh, I got the same vibe and the same stuff from LaDainian Tomlinson when I interviewed him like 20 years earlier because he's out there like I'm reacting to color and it's all instinct and reaction and you know, Tajay Spears is a guy who's considered to have great vision and spatial awareness. None of that can be taught. It is just an inherent talent that he has, and it shows, and he tested pretty well, and I love me some Tajay Spears. Yeah, his instincts are off the chart. He also has this propensity to teleport on the field. Yeah. And I know it's that reactionary stuff you're talking about, but the play that kind of made him famous was, was a run where he's about 35 yards downfield, and he's got three defenders closing in on him and all and somehow he literally like it, it's almost like there's a a gap in the film like the film cuts out for a second yeah and when it pops back up he's past all three guys you're like how how the hell did that happen he yeah. basically did the same thing at one of the practices you and i were watching down in oh Mobile. god yeah it was well, uh, you know it's funny you say that because he didn't run at the combine and i'm like is it perhaps to because you faked that linebacker out of his jock strap at the senior bowl and he said he laughed and he said maybe so <laughs> yes that's great. Um, what about um, what about Rushy Rice? I know you you talked to him. What'd oh yeah, you- great kid. Oh, amazing kid. And you know that's no guarantee, but that it, that he works that it comes through. But he was awesome. Like very pleasant guy. Um, I gave him some quotes from you, and he was like, "Oh yeah." He he was laughing. Uh, what what was the quote from you? Uh, it was all the time. It was to the effect of like. 
he's got that dog in him, but it was something else. Uh, what was it? He he wants all the smoke all the time. Yeah, exactly. And you know that he knew that phrase and that term, and and he was all about it. But yeah, uh, confident guy, not cocky at all. Um, seems to be very mature, really good. Uh, you know, just personality. I, I really liked him. It was kind of kind of remind me a little bit of John Mechie. John Mechie is got a man. He's one of my favorites of all time. What a tremendous guy! Uh, just just one of the most friendly, uh, welcoming personalities I've ever encountered. Uh, Rishi Wright, Rishi Rice was similar to that. A couple of other receivers that I interacted with at the combine. There's so many of them. I did. I did interact with Keishawn Butte and, you know, my vibe there is this guy's all over the place, you know, like he's just kind of a train wreck, but you know, that means I guess he potentially could do well. I mean, he's a, he's a wide range of possible outcome guy, but I tried to get him loose. I'm like, uh, you got to answer this question, the enunciation of your name. I'm like, we can go Boutte, we can go Booty, we can, you know, we can, we can work with this. You know what I mean? Just laughing, and he, I got crickets. So I'm like, that's a bad sign. That that is a bad sign. He t- he's taking himself a little too seriously. Perhaps. Yeah, exactly. The last time I got crickets, by the way, when I because I normally hit with these guys, Lamichael Pirine coming at me, and I'm like, damn, dude, you you do way better with the hair than your than your cousin Samaje, bruh. And, you know, I thought that was funny because people tease Samaj about his being bald and the crickets. I'm like, well, he probably won't have a good career. <laughs> I mean, I was kidding, but it ended up being the case. That's hilarious. Uh, doubling back on Rashi really quick. So one thing I love about guys like Rashi is when he, he has like this, you know, an off field issue from like his freshman year or whatever. When a guy goes through something yeah, at dramatic and then comes out the other side like a better person i think oh. that's a great sign jeffrey simmons is probably the best example oh. recently oh. Look at that guy now man getting that second contract crying on the podium like I, I feel like rashi has that he's gone through some things in life it's going to make him a better player and a better mm-hmm. person well i have the best story of all time i believe in, in regard to that so back in you know over a decade ago there was a tight end that i loved um so I go to the combine and um, I'm thinking the guy's a stud and at the combine. And this is actually in the old uh, setup there at uh, Lucas Oil Stadium. But, you know, they have like five, six, seven podiums. I think they have a little bit more now. And the top players per position would get the podium. And the secondary guys who didn't get their own podiums, they'd give them like a round table where they just sit there for 15 minutes and people can come up to them and ask them about, um, you know, whatever, you know. So I go into the room and I'm I'm looking for my guy at the podium. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? There's no podium. I mean, this guy's getting a this guy's getting round tabled. I mean, this is bullshit. I'm saying, right? So I I go to the table and he's sitting there almost by himself. I'm like, bruh, this is bullshit. You you should have your own podium. And he goes, for real. And that guy had a little bit of off the field problem, which caused his stock to sink just a little bit. And that guy is. The greatest tight end of all time, Travis Kelsey. Wow. Well, yeah, that's another great story too, because you know he he was literally kicked off the team at Cincinnati. Yep, had to had to earn that back, and and you know basically went out of his way. He could have easily transferred, gone to a different school, played somewhere else, but yep, it was really important for him to earn that coaching staff's trust back, and boom, he he did it. And look at him now, man. Yep. A couple of other real quick. Uh, Jonathan Mingo was was real solid. Yes. Uh, 
nothing, nothing amazing, but I liked it. You know what I mean? Like he's talked about the legacy, these big physical receivers at Old Miss, you know, DK and AJ Brown. I like that. Loves the little Zay Flowers interaction. Love that kid. He's, he's my guy. Um, one other, oh, I did interview Trey Palmer on the radio recently. He was solid. Um, oh, um, you know who I loved? And he, boy, a strong, strong Michael Pittman vibe. Cause I love Pittman that year. And, you know, when your dad played in the NFL, it's been there, done that. Cedric Tillman was an amazing, he was, he was awesome. Great guy. Great guy. So I'm rooting for him. You're not the first person to say that about Tillman. I've heard Tillman is a stand-up human being. Stand-up human being. And, yep. and again, you know, you're, you're, we're digging deep here, but there's always a correlation. Not always, but there's most of the time there's a correlation between guys who produce and get it done and maximize their talent and outstanding individuals. I used to say that about Matt Forte. I was a huge Matt Forte guy. It's like literally one of the greatest guys of all time. And you know, it wasn't incredibly talented, but look at that career he had. Yeah. Yeah. He made, he made a, a lot out of a little. Yeah. Um, yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's wrap it there, John. I appreciate you coming on the pod for those who don't know, which I'm not sure how you wouldn't know him at this point. He's at fantasy underscore guru on Twitter. He is the, the founder and majority owner of fantasypoints.com. John, thank you so much. You got it, Brett. Thanks for tuning in to this edition of the Fantasy Points Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite platform. And come join the roster at FantasyPoints.com. Fantasy Points.